Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. We continue this week in week three of our sermon series, A House United, where we're contemplating the power of our unity in the body of Christ. It began with Jesus teaching that a house divided cannot stand and considers the alternative. What is the power of a house united? How does our unity propel us into greater things? And last week, Pastor Lauren unpacked the power of a community dreaming dreams that start small but then grow exponentially when they're shared in community and catch, catch fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this week, then, we look at the power of our unity to stand in the face of the threats that come to turn us away from those dreams. For there are so many things for us to fear in this world. We already lived in an anxious time before the pandemic, which just exacerbated and fueled our anxieties. In our recent wellness survey, the leading response from folks here in our community about how this pandemic time affected them negatively, we said over 60% of us said that our overall sense of anxiety increased during the pandemic. And I think we can see a direct correlation between the divisions in our culture and our anxiety. As we become more anxious, our tolerance for differences between us becomes even smaller, and it begins a vicious cycle where we see greater divisions because of our anxiety, which then increases our anxiety, which then leads us to see even greater divisions. We get caught in this cycle, and too often during the pandemic, we were also caught in a one-input media loop as we weren't talking and seeing more folks and discussing things together. We were caught in that loop on our televisions that's designed to increase our outrage for the sake of keeping us tuned into those same channels. And fueled by our divisions, we painted our neighbor in the worst possible light. Democrats are Marxists and Republicans are fascists. Well, both of which can be true, but they rarely are actually true. Yet the cycle of fear-mongering goes on and on and on. And somewhere along the way, we started to forget how much we actually have in common. Hatred, fear, anxiety are powerful forces that accentuate chaos in our lives and in our world. This week, we're reminded that Jesus walks right into the midst of these storms raging around us and speaks a word of peace that cuts through them all. And when the waves subside, when the lightning stops flashing... 
we're able to see once again our shared humanity in the face of our neighbors. It's then that we're able to remember that when we stop looking at the waves of fear and division, instead look into the eyes of our neighbors, we can see that we're all actually sojourners in this world together trying to find our way. We're all facing the storms together. And if we come together in the midst of them, we can face so much more. As we turn to the gospel, I think it's important to think about the historical context of the telling of the story. First of all, there's the cultural context of a story told of the battle between a deity and the sea. The sea claimed many lives in those days just as the sea continues to do so today. We think about how even large metal ships like the Titanic can sink. Just think of the peril of taking a small wooden ship out on the storm. It was natural that the sea, with its uncertainty, became a mythical character that people put at odds with their God. So the setup is not uncommon in ancient literature and even in the Scriptures. Think about the story of Jonah. Some even say that this story that we read for today is modeled after Homer's Odyssey. Suffice it to say that this is a grander, more all-encompassing story than a simple newspaper retelling of a miracle story as part of the Day in the Life of Jesus series. Now, this story speaks to the cosmic consequences of who Jesus is. It speaks to his identity as the Son of God. The sea in antiquity becomes a character in the story. The story speaks to the cosmic consequences of who Jesus is as the Son of God. You could call it chaos itself. The wind and the waves are demonic forces that wish us harm, set against our God whose desire is to save us. It also continues the theme of Mark's gospel and the befuddlement of the disciples. Throughout this gospel, remember that these disciples miss out on what becomes the most obvious secret to everyone now reading the stories in retrospect. Who is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? The readers left thinking, are you kidding me? Could it be any more obvious? Who else could this be but the Son of God? Which is exactly where Mark wants to lead them. Our theme for today is A House United Can Withstand the Storm. It's a title that I just came up with a few weeks ago in preparation for today, but I think you could argue that Mark might have titled his story as such if he were inclined to do such a thing when he were writing. Again, Mark's not just recounting the basic details of an historic event here. He's telling the story that has cosmic consequences in terms of the relationship between Jesus and the forces of evil and the divisions in our world. And Mark's not writing these words in a vacuum. He's writing them for a particular community at a particular moment in time. We don't have the specifics of which community or exactly what time, but we know where Christians were about the time that he was writing. And so we know, as one commentator tells us, the author knew that the community saw themselves as under potentially murderous pressure and meant to set out against the story of the death of the Lord as the most reliable help to them. 
a story that could gather into itself the current suffering and hold it under the resurrection promise. The book was written for the persecuted. He goes on to say that the book was more than a source of comfort. He he says that it gave the community a way to go on, a way to be the community of Jesus in the way of the cross. Mark writes his gospel for a persecuted community, a community that lives with fear and anxiety and division. Mark writes to remind them that Jesus stands with them in the midst of the storms that surround them. He writes to calm their fears so that they can stop looking at the waves long enough to see the faces of those around them, those that are their brothers and sisters in Christ. On Wednesday night, a number of Prince of Peace members had a great conversation with a representative from Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services about refugee resettlement here in our country. Lutherans have a long history of refugee resettlement, going back to the Second World War when German pastors were coming to America to escape Nazi persecution. LIRS, Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services, was born out of that effort and has become one of the most important resettlement agencies here in our country. As we talked that night, one of our members pointed out the obvious, just saying the word immigration in our churches can raise our anxiety these days. When it comes to our government policies around this issue, we don't all see eye to eye. And so say the word, and the waves of anxiety, fear, and division can quickly rise up so that we no longer see our neighbor, rather just our divisions. But I shared a story from an experience here at Prince of Peace back in 2016. On our detour that year, our youth trip, we went to Baltimore, and while we were there, we visited the headquarters for LIRS there in the Inner Harbor. We toured the facility, and hearing about their work was great, but most impactful was hearing from a refugee himself, a 19-year-old that was being resettled with his family by Christ Lutheran Church right across the street from LIRS there in the Inner Harbor. And this is what now one of our young adults, Jesse Dibb, wrote about that experience. She said he told us the emotional story of how he had fled his home in the Democratic Republic of Congo and lived a large part of his life in a refugee camp in Uganda. For nine months, his father was missing and assumed dead. The refugee camp was in poor condition, and he began to cry upon recalling the friends that he had to leave behind when he was left there. He was 16 when he first came to America, just a kid who had already been through so much. He's now 19 and just graduated high school. It was so strange, so surreal for me to think that this boy and I had both just graduated from high school, but had such different ways of getting there. Meeting him in person made the topics of refugees and immigration more real for me, she said. Now, as I listen to the news and political debates, I'm able to make more informed choices because I have a more complete view of the issues. Going into that experience of visiting with LIRS, you could see some of the tensions that you would expect around immigration issues in our group. But Jesus stood among us that day in a young man from the DRC. 
His human story of pain and hardship connected with our humanity. And when it did, the waves subsided. Peace was spoken as we saw a brother in Christ in need before us. A house united. A house united in the love, mercy, and peace of Jesus can withstand the storm. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.